There probably are guys out there named Tim Lord, which is, anyway. Tim Lord. If only their middle initial were E. Hi, welcome to episode two of My Nerdy Year. Um, we're just going to get right into this. Uh, with me, as always, is the lovely Lauren Berger. Hi. Uh, joining us from the Star Trek episode is Bridget Bose. Good to be here. <laughs> and uh, joining us for this panel, uh, she's a writer on Family Guy. She has also written uh, the young adult books Duplicate and She's So Money. Please welcome Cherry, Chief of Private Dumrong. Hi. <laughs> You can give a real, oh, give, a, give, give an enthusiastic. Hey! There we go. Because we are here today to talk about Cherry's favorite thing in the universe. Yay! Oh. And it's my fault. No, it's okay. It is your it fault. Is, it's, it's totally my fault. We'll get to that. Our, our fault. Our, our fault. It's, yeah. We are going to be talking about Doctor Who. All right. So, uh, 2015 Doctor Who. Uh, so, real quick. I had never seen Doctor Who outside of the 1996, yeah, 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 the TV movie when I was a teenager, and I I remembered almost nothing about it. I don't remember if I liked it, didn't like it, whatever. Uh, Then uh, when Lauren and I started dating, she was like, "We should watch the show. I think you'll like it." And uh, in a matter of no time, we had watched the entirety of knew who we caught up uh before right before the 50th anniversary actually we knew that we were meant to be together because shortly into our relationship dan started explaining time travel logic to me it was just one element of logic yeah okay but he started explaining time travel to me and i cut him off and finished his explanation he looked at me and said oh my god you understand time travel yeah and now (laughs) we're getting married so there's now we're getting married um but in 2015, we went to our first Doctor Who convention, Gallifrey One. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> yes, yes, thank you, Bridget. Uh, it is the annual uh, Los Angeles Doctor Who convention. It's huge. Uh, last year's was number 27, right? They've Correct. been doing it for 27 years. It's the longest running Doctor Who convention yeah. in the world. And uh, we had gone because uh, we were friends with Bridget, and we had basically just missed the opportunity to go in 2014, and then we locked out and got for 2015. Uh, additionally, I work with Cherry, and uh, I had become obsessed with Doctor Who uh, through watching with Lauren, and I said, I think you would like this show because Cherry likes TV. That's putting it very mildly. Was there really no other reason that you recommended it to me? You said, you like watching anything. I I think it was just like, I I just, you know, because we had worked together a year at that point, and we talked about a lot of like different nerdy stuff and True. i was like fact. we're watching this yes oh big big fact and um and i i did what is now the cliche thing and said to watch blink first yeah but i mean I'm, you know yeah. for I, I, dis- yeah. I disagree yeah. with that strategy but i, I, I gotta yeah, say I, I do. Uh, oh how do you get your i gotta say uh the yeah. the verity <laughs> podcast uh who are fantastic and if you don't listen to them i very much recommend it um just about a month ago, they did uh, an episode about introducing people to who, mm-hmm. and they discussed the merits and the downsides of using Blink. And it was amazing because the conversation that they had was very similar to conversations that we've had. It's like, oh, it doesn't feature the doctor enough. Oh, it's good because it's sort of a toe in the water. Long story short, my batting average is really high with that episode. So I stand by. It's a good way. Uh, to introduce people to it. Um, and that was what I recommended to Cherry. And that's when I started getting emails every single night. Oh my God. I can't believe this episode. Oh my God. I can't believe that Literally episode. Literally a transcript of like watching somebody like fall in love. Like, yeah. Like, it's like, I was just like, yeah. It, and it was. I, think, All caps. I think this is pretty good. Yeah, no, it's good. Okay, I'm sort of intrigued. And I was like, oh my God. And I was like, oh my God. I watched like six in a row. Yeah. So, yeah. So uh, that was our first Doctor Who convention. It was also the first convention I had ever gone to that was only for one specific thing. I'd been to Comic-Con a couple of times. Um, I'd been to a gaming convention, but that sort of was the umbrella of things. But uh, it was really interesting to go for one fandom. It was like you walk through the halls, you walk through the vendor hall, you go to panels, and you just know everyone here likes this one thing that I like too. And we can just be as 
absolutely nerdy about it as we want to. Over the top. Yeah, and it was a great experience. And the ultimate experience of the 2015 Gallifrey was um, we were in the vendors hall. Uh, It was uh, Lauren and Cherry and I. uh, And we saw John Barrowman, who, as you probably know, or if you don't, he is Captain Jack Harkness. He's also on Arrow. He's awesome. So we saw him from across the way, and I was like, oh, you know, it would be really cool to meet him. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go for it. So <laughs> we crossed the hall. People are following me. I, uh, you know, say, I'm sorry to bother you. Uh, we work at Family Guy. Uh, if you ever want to come by and just, like, get a tour of the office or whatever, please feel free to. <laughs> and he looks at me, and he goes, shut up. I love Family Guy. And he just started gushing to us about it and he ended up grabbing us to take a picture we are at a convention to celebrate a show that he is a cast member of where everyone else wants to go up to him and be like can i get a picture and he wraps his arms around us um and felt up dan just a little bit just a little bit it was that sounds like him i had feelings there were feelings (laughs) uh he grabbed us for a picture he was unbelievably he nice about it, it. Right? He, did, he tweet did tweet it and then in his uh big you know interview for the convention he was asked you know if you could be part of any other franchise because obviously he's part of two very big franchises what would you want to do and he said oh, i'd love to be in an animated series family guy and <laughs> cherry and i were we in screamed so we, freaking loud well we, you and i were in a tv writing panel when it happened and you were getting texts from one of your friends that it's like yeah you guys just got a shout out in the barrel right but panel. he did it again yeah. right because was, was like yes. two days, day. like, yeah. yeah we missed the second day because we actually yeah. got uh, oh were you not there okay we so got sick I was we with. got we got oh, what I, okay yeah, yeah we yeah. got what <laughs> i call conoria it's when you get sick from going you to the convention sick. i yeah. stayed home to take care of you. you did she's very lovely people call it the con crud but it's conorrhea to me. It's my own <laughs> gross term for that it. That is pretty gross. It is gross. It's but grosser. You decided to make it grosser. I, I made it my own is yeah. what I did. It's like I'm to, to give it a choice. <laughs> uh, so we know how I got into Doctor Who. We know how Cherry got into Doctor Who. So I'm going to ask, uh, we'll start with Lauren. How did you get into Doctor Who? I was homesick one day. This is going to be a common theme for this, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is, apparently. Well, I was homesick. And this was when I was living in an apartment in Santa Monica and I had nothing else to do. So I'm like channel surfing and I come across, I still remember it was the, it was the David Tennant, like final victory lap part of um, the end of time. It was the end of time, right? Yeah. Yeah. Part the end of time. Mm -hmm. It was the very end of it. And that was my intro. And then I went back and I watched every single episode up to that point. And then... I started watching live with Matt Smith, but it's okay. David Tennant was solidified as my, as my doctor. And we'll, we'll, everyone we'll, has we'll, their doctor. We'll, we'll actually, that's down the list a little bit, but yeah. We'll get um, if anybody remembers from last episode, I said that there were three people I would legitimately leave Dan for and <laughs> top of the list is for sure David Tennant. Until we were engaged, he would not allow me to have the life-size cardboard cutout of the 10th doctor it threatened I now- me <laughs> I, I really hope at some point in a future podcast we learn who the third man that's, that's what I'm looking for yeah who was the wait, uh, what- the first one was Alan Rickman Okay, and we're, you're not telling us the mysterious third one? I can. It's Joseph okay. Gordon-Levitt. Oh. I don't think we would have gotten to him no, naturally yeah, over the course of the topics, but all right, well, but there you go. Now we know. Yeah. If yeah. Any you of guys learned a lot. <laughs> Alan Rickman up there. I, I know you're listening. But uh, yes, if you come and sweep me off my feet, Dan will be a very sad man. But and if any of you are listening, sad man. if any of you are listening, if you sweep her off your feet... <laughs> He won't be to the Victor go the spoils. <laughs> no, I mean, it's just like I'm being bested by, you know, the best. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. like, I, I mean, I'll be mad, but I'm keeping all the gifts. So he'll actually <laughs> that's be a just little how it jealous out. if it happens. Let's be honest. Um, <laughs> Alan Rickman is the only one who has his own cake, but that's because I was so sad after he died that yeah. I, I designed him a cake. It's, it's an excellent People cake. grieve in different ways. Yes. You, you grieve through cake. Bridget, how did you come to Doctor Who? I actually cannot remember i can't remember um you know i it was my so my uncle has always he i mean he's also my godfather and uh we always really bonded over we both are nerds for sci-fi and fantasy and and that sort of stuff and 
But I can't remember specifically when I got into it. I know it was... I can't remember. I, I, I think it was when I was in Florida when I had just moved down to Orlando and I didn't know anyone in the city. And I believe what happened was that he <clears throat> had legally sent me copies of yeah, the Yeah, of course. Yeah. And, um, and so I just sat there and I was going through a lot of TV at that time because I, again, mm. didn't know anyone. And so I... I believe I caught up in the middle of David Tennant and started watching live. Did you um, start at the beginning? Uh, or not the beginning, I, beginning but I but did. The, yeah. Rose. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, I grew up on TOS Star Trek. So even though the first season didn't quite have the best production value, it, it that never bothered me because I've always been into sci-fi. So yeah, I started from Christopher Eccleston, mm-hmm. who I love. He was great. And... Uh, yeah, I, I, it's funny that I can't really, I can't really Answer. pinpoint the exact time, but I loved it from the first second I watched it. May I express to you right in this moment how absurdly jealous I am because every single member of my family, except for my new brother-in-law, mm-hmm. looks at me like I'm a freak. <laughs> they don't understand my love of anything nerdy. Well, he's, he's really the only one. Um, my brother likes to claim that I'm a part of the Forever Alone Club because oh, yeah. of my... <laughs> Love of sci-fi. No, it's, it's you're not alone, very, and that is the point of this it podcast. Is, it is very obvious that nerds are attracted to their own. Yeah, yes, and uh, and we find each other. Yeah, we do. We do. We do. It's, it's <laughs> oh, look at all us in the same room together. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what. Uh, not to like pat myself on the back or anything, because it's not. But it's like, but that's why I wanted to do this podcast. We're celebrating the things we like. We're not here to cast judgment. Although I was a little harsh on the. Twilight fan base in the last episode. Um, they sparkle. Why do they yeah. sparkle? Uh, um, but let's just say it. it's like this whole point is a celebration, and that brings back to Gallifrey. It was, you know, it was, it was amazing to see, you know, because we'd we'd gone to Comic Con before. Uh, actually, you hadn't been to Comic Con. I had not been to Comic Con. Um, I'd been to Comic Con before, and it's it's great. You know, you see people walking down the halls, and it's like, oh, there's a Spider Man, and there's you know. Uh, Captain Kirk and it's like all, all the representations of fandom but it was so overwhelming that first night at Galley where it's, it's very like potent. oh my god it's like there are you know eight clockwork uh, androids from the girl in the fireplace it's like oh my god and then when you've got life-size Daleks going by and the really cute remember the baby uh, it was like a stroller yeah, and the, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it was a motorized stroller yeah. no less yeah uh, it was it was just like really overwhelming and the the first on the friday night of that galley um cherry and i went from work and then did you meet up with us or no you didn't make it that i night? was still working at the bakery back then right okay and i i worked six days a week i had four days off a month right i was dead on friday nights right. so cherry and i were there the first night and we took about twelve thousand pictures with the tardis and the interior yeah it was the best yeah because it's like this was the first time that we i mean i don't know about you i'd never been anywhere near an actual you know you know oh look here's a giant tardis let's go <laughs> you know, like that's awesome it was awesome you still kind of haven't recovered from that galley. And I have been to one since then. I know. I Well, every <laughs> single time you see it, it's equally as cool. I'm not going to ever yeah. get over it. You know what I mean? It's like, here it is. This is the best thing. Let's go take it. You can't. Although I, this year, there was that woman's like, when me and my friend both went up to the TARDIS for the first time and fully took a selfie with it and then we traded ribbons with her and like the ribbon that she was handed out was one of those like on pain of death don't take a selfie I was yeah. like oh hey you just saw us do the thing anyway thanks well let's yeah. talk about the ribbons oh uh, ribbons oh the ribbons for, for that listeners that last year right for listeners who don't know one of the big traditions of Gallifrey One is that people will make and distribute these ribbons that you attach to your badge and for the real collectors by the end of the first I don't know, 20 minutes, your ribbons are down to your knees. Oh my God, and John Barrowman's kept falling off of his chest. Like yeah. They yeah. kept detaching and I kept having to pick them up and like press them back onto his yeah, chest the, and it was lovely. <laughs> I mean, people come fully prepared. They tape the back of them together. I've seen a woman collect so many of those ribbons. The next year she made a dress out of the ribbons. Whoa. Yeah, I mean, it is really, really cool. That is and awesome. I think kind of uh, special just to this con. I don't think I've seen that. Yeah, in and con. it was also nothing... 
that we had known about in advance and, and immediately it was like i need to get ribbons oh well, i don't know why but i need to get ribbons uh we should clarify that all the ribbons have something unique written on printed yes. on them that are usually doctor who related yeah there are some really Creative. clever fan <laughs> yeah. mashup ones like there were a ton of sherlock ones there was uh i don't know just they everything hamilton ones a lot yeah. yeah oh yeah. really yeah. oh my god so many yeah. hamilton ones um but yeah it's like this I don't even know where it began, but it's this like weird tradition. And um, that first year, it was just like I don't know why I want these, but it was like it was like Pokemon. <laughs> it's like I gotta catch them all, but you can't. There were like a thousand different ribbons, yeah. and I've learned since then that there are like websites that have like ribbon registries just for Galley, where you can be what? like, yeah, exactly. Wait, it's like, what do you mean you can be like, oh, I got this one, I didn't get this one. Yes, it's like, like you can Disney look up pin trading. Yeah, it's like you Galley. can look up by the year. It's like. Uh, it was wow. a red, it was a red ribbon. What was it? Boom. Here's a list of like what that it was. And awesome. It's, it's turned into this entire subculture that hasn't made it outside of this one convention as far as I know. Yeah. But I, I mean, it's great to have something to do. We always are very busy at these conventions, but it was well, just like a, so weird. It's a good uh, conversation starter. It is. Know, to go up to and, people. And I think that is probably... Where it started as a way to ease into conversations with mm. people. Um, like, hey, do you have a ribbon? Can I trade you a ribbon? We now do cookies. Yeah. <laughs> it's we true. We went with over 400 cookies this year. And we're just... But, uh, yeah, it's uh, we'll, we'll actually talk more about yeah. cookies uh, during a future episode. Yes. Um, but, yeah, I think you're right, though, about it being a good icebreaker. and Because um, we've definitely just made friends with people uh at, at 2015 when we went to the tv writing panel um afterwards we were just you know striking up conversations with different panelists and you know ended up you know befriending this one writer who i then ran into at like three other events later in the year i said dude i swear i am not stalking you <laughs> <laughs> but i mean we didn't have a ribbon exchange but yeah that it, it, it it's good. I mean, because it is like a sense of community, I suppose. And I don't know. Yeah. Even just being, well, even just the fact that it's like all one thing instead of like Comic-Con or whatever, like, you know, you can at least walk up to anyone and be like, hey, I like your costume. Hey, that you know what I mean? And they'll know exactly what you're talking about. I, I think that's the one thing about Gallifrey One that's also really special is they, and, and there are positives and negatives to this, but they have stayed at the same location really for the past, I don't know, 10 years or so. Um, and so even though the, it has grown, the convention has grown, it's re it reached its capacity three years ago and they, I mean, they easily could probably get 10,000 more people at these events, but they decide not to. And so you get the same people coming back year after year. And I know my uncle attended every year for a long time and he had friends that he would only see it at Galley. And that is the one thing that I think is really special about Doctor Who is it is for some reason, I I think because it's a family-oriented show, it's a little more has more fairy tale aspects to it. That it really does bond people over the show more than some other fandoms do. So. Is is that why it it you know since fifty second year now of existence fifty third no it'll be fifty three this Doctor November yeah. Yeah, yeah it's like do you think that that's part of the reason it has endured for as long as it has because when you look at other fandoms. You know, a lot of ones, a lot of fandoms and series that came around in the 50s, they, there's a nostalgic element to it, but like it hasn't really stayed in the mainstream, especially considering how mainstream Doctor Who is now. Mm -hmm. um, but do you think that is because not only were people who were watching it as a kid when it first aired are now able to introduce it to their kids and grandkids? It is. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think any story that has fairy tale esque elements to it kind of is able to withstand the test of time more easily. But I think absolutely. I mean, to be able to sit down and watch the show with your whole family, don't have to be worried about what's going to show up and know that it's going to be entertaining, that there's, you know, great characters, great story development. I, I think that is what really helps Doctor Who stand the test of time. Yeah. I... It's gonna sound weird. Gallifrey One changed my life. It allowed me to let loose a part of myself that I had spent so long trying to stuff into a little bottle and hide away from everybody. When I went to college, I was in Las Vegas and I was in hotels 
and I was so straight-laced all the time. I was always worried about, you know, what are people going to think of me? What if I make a wrong move? You know, I didn't want the wrong thing getting back to the wrong people. So I was very guarded the entire time I lived there. And there's something about the Doctor Who community that just makes you feel so accepted and so warm. These people are never judgmental of anything. It is, it's unlike anything I've ever seen. And it's unlike any fandom that I'm a part of, aside from Doctor Who. You go to Comic-Con, people, people are a little judgmental. They are. It's true. Well, Comic-Con's its own beast. Well, We'll talk about that in the yeah. future. I know. Episode. I'm trying not to yeah. get no, too fine. much into cons yeah. because no, okay. I'm Spoil- saving that. Spoilers. For the next Spoilers. <laughs> or, or as we talked about in in our last episode, there was a divide for such a long time between Star Wars and Star Trek, and you know they they butted heads a lot. But there's never anybody as accepting universally as a Doctor Who fan. But I think that's a testament to the character of the Doctor. And there's yes. this fantastic Stephen Moffat quote about the doctor and why we need him as a hero and it's because they didn't give him weapons when they developed him they gave him two hearts and he's just this incredible loving character and they you know they gave him a screwdriver so he can fix things and i think that's why a lot of sci-fi people end up really invested in loving this show is because we identify so much with wanting this character who just infinitely comes up with a solution that is is peaceful but you know, no matter what the circumstances are, how dire they are, he somehow manages to think his way out of it. Um, and he doesn't always save everyone, which is, you know, something that I think is is also, yeah, it grounds it in reality yeah. for us. But And heartbreaking yeah. when it's a and character heartbreaking. we love. <laughs> I know, but it, you can't have the, the happy without make, the sad. Yeah, you so. watch him make the tough choices. Like in Flatline, he's like, well, clearly there's no reasoning with you. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's just it to me the the character of the Doctor is such a special character, especially since he regenerates into these. Yes. I mean, it's always the same man, but there's new elements to him every time, which keeps the story fresh and keeps it keeps you interested because you want to see who is this new man gonna be. Well, I also realized that and this came out of the Eleventh um, Doctor's farewell speech, mm-hmm. Matt Smith's. Oh my god! Like it's it, it's amazing. Like I I almost wish I still was a theater kid in the competition <laughs> because I would do that scene, and I don't care if I'd be crying through it. It's just so well done. It's and so we well written and performed. But you know, he talks about it's like you know it's good to move on just as long as you remember who you've been beforehand. And like I don't want to sound like profound. It's because definitely not. But it's, it's like a very profound show. It is, but it's. I also realized, like, looking back on my own life, it's like, yeah, I've been a different incarnation of myself at different periods of my life. And I'm basically at my seventh doctor right Mm -hmm. now. It's like, you know, it's like if you really think about it, it's like, who are you in the little kid? Well, when you're a kid, you're kind of like still being formed. First doctor. Elementary school, you know, you start to have a little bit of an identity. And then it's like, you know, each phase along the way, you carry yourself differently. You present yourself differently. You see the world differently. You invent yourself. You do. And... You know, I hate to think that we only have 12 regenerations apiece, but it probably lends itself to, like, a lifetime lived. And I don't think that that was an intention early on, and this is, you know, Monday morning quarterback, you know, now you can see it after the fact. But, you know, there's something very true about that, and I think that's another reason that the show endures. Because it's like, let's say you're in your third Doctor right now it's like you could step away from the show for a while and you could rediscover it when you're in your fourth doctor or your fifth or your 11th and it it, it's it's a weird parallel to make to humanity but i think it does it really well and it puts an it puts a creative spin on it it sort of makes you look at your own life and you want to be a better person or maybe you don't. Maybe you're just enjoying it for the monster. Maybe you're the master. Yeah, exactly. Um, or the mistress. But I, I've, I've found that that, aside from the storytelling and the acting, like that has been something that I've really found very recently to be true. And, you know, when the show does heart right, it really does it right. And th- that is actually going to segue into the next talking point. Series 9. The series that just aired this past season was 
almost a masterpiece. <laughs> it was. It, I mean, so close from the beginning, it was so close it to being just like the, yeah. Um, the best. I think the, the Husbands of River Song, the Christmas episode. Oh I watched it might, three times in a row. Might be my favorite episode. I think you're it, right. It was so it, like, good. Vaulted into the top ten instantly. Oh. Yeah, like um, top three. And, and look, I, I apologize if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it yet, but Go we're gonna, we're gonna but talk no, about it. it. But yeah. stop this podcast. Like, yeah. Stop yeah. this yeah. podcast. Stop it. Watch the episode and then because we're gonna talk about it. Just because it was. It, it was so good. First of all, it was probably the funniest episode yes, they've yeah. ever done. Like, I was genuinely laughing, like, really well-written jokes in the beginning and everything like that. And then the scene when River, you know, is talking about, uh, you know, who the doctor is when they're being captured. Uh, and she uh, slowly dead. comes to realize that it's this man standing <laughs> next to him. You have to, like, and, watch that scene. It's, like, on her face the whole time. And then rewind and watch his face the oh whole time. And, just so you can see, oh, oh my God. It I'm was so, like, that scene <laughs> yeah. is a clinic in acting. It it's, really like, is. unbelievable. And then... At near the end, when the ship is hurling towards the planet with the singing towers, I like grasp my chest like a <laughs> like a like like the Dowager Countess. Like, oh God, I know where they're heading. Good reference. Thank you. Way. I've actually never seen Downton Abbey, but I just know. But but I knew because I love the the Silence of the Library and uh, Forest of the Dead. Like, I love those episodes. They're among they two of my favorite. They are. And and. Just knowing it well enough that when you say that we're heading towards the the planet of the singing towers, which the name is uh, escaping me at the moment, mm-hmm. it's like, oh my god, this is the last River Song story, and that it still got me in the end where it's like we have one more night together. But that night lasted twenty eight years. It <laughs> the, the, it floored me. Yeah, and for me, that moment of pure happiness for yeah. the two of them, but also pure disappointment that we don't get to see. Peter Capaldi play with River Song a little bit more. I mean, the two of them were just, to me, the absolute perfection of doctoring. Dear, dear listening BAFTA voters, <laughs> for your consideration, the husbands of River Song on behalf of my nerdy year. Yeah, it. I mean, it really. It was the moment I think we had all been waiting for since Peter Capaldi took over as the Doctor was to see him. Oh my him God! With River yeah, Song. yes, that we didn't know yeah. we were waiting for. I yeah, mean, he and River Song were just. It, it killed was, it. It was they just freaking killed it. More perfect than Matt Smith and River oh, Song yeah. ever could. Have I mean, I to be. I loved the Eleventh Doctor with River Song, and I I think there was such a playful element to them. But yes. To, and and probably this is just a visual thing to see the 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 two of them to me didn't quite you know in a traditional sense yeah. match on screen as, uh-huh. as a couple but um I loved the way they interacted but to me Peter Capaldi's doctor has a little more gravitas to him and I always felt a little like River Song overpowered the 11th doctor a little bit well and so it, it, it felt like when uh, with the 11th and River it was a young couple dating like mm-hmm. they weren't in a relationship like granted they're married but it, it felt like they were dating with the 12th doctor and river it felt like an old married old couple married. in the best way possible yes. like i would watch a whole show with just the two of i know them. on that one night i would just watch <laughs> hey, them yeah, you know, they sh- i mean if they want to do like a spin-off of like you know this is like we'll do you know like one episode doctor who spot. 28 years yeah, I, yeah. Uh, yes so yeah oh actually those would be really good for big finish you know, do to it. do. Just oh, fill in the gaps. Do it. That's, yeah. what, that's what I was going to say is that, you know, we think it's done. They could revisit those 28 years. Well, she has actually done a number of the um, audio stories mm-hmm. um, with various doctors. So, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't rule it out. If somebody's listening. Yeah, if anyone's <laughs> listening. We don't know happen. if anyone is. Um, but, yeah, so, but Series 9, was, uh, let's just say it. There's one episode nobody yeah. likes, and we won't go into it because actually there were two episodes I didn't like. Which which is the other one? Um, I I can't remember the name of it, but um, I was a little do. underwhelmed. I thought it was a little bit of a cop out that Clara didn't die. In really, yeah, yeah. I mean, I just I, you know, there's a precedent set for companions having been killed off. And I just felt like the way her her character arc was going, I would have loved to have seen the Doctor move forward 
after her death and seeing what what it did to him. what that would have done to him yeah yeah i mean i thought not... it was more of a cop-out that he lost his memory of her yeah i mean that that too i like, i felt like that whole no, episode negated no all of her. yeah this whole story that we've had with clara being the impossible girl and having such an impact on his life um yeah, it, it to me was, was a little, it was a little well, I mean, anticlimactic. Since he forgets her entire stay, right. he has just forgotten close to two billion years because yeah. of uh, yeah. uh, Heaven Sent. Yeah. Uh, with him trapped inside the uh, confession dial. Um, you know, I was on the fence about um, if Clara should die or not because I think if she did, it might send us back to the eighth series doctor a little bit where he was kind of a jerk i mean i gotta say series eight is much better on second or third viewing and he's totally grisly but if he had lost clara i i would have been afraid of what series 10 would be almost it's like would he be either stuck in his grief or would he be just so angry and I don't know. Just the notion of her flying around in a '50s diner throughout the universe—that's <laughs> like, mad at it. yeah, it's I'm like, like I don't know. Fine. I <laughs> it it saw it did what the doctor has to do. He has to take a no-win situation and find a way to win, but even see, if it's not yeah, ideal. I guess I could I could live with that, and, and I could also live with him losing her memories of her. But the fact that they had this full build-up and then Clara's sacrifices herself and then she dies and then the next episode they're like just kidding we're she well, didn't really die to be fair she's not alive yeah it's true i mean there's there's but yeah there was no hand wave guess what you're back her- from the dead or you know you are right. now i'm re- i'm using my regeneration on you so that you can not die it wasn't that right it was they found there's a finite time that she's gonna be here but so is the truth with all humans so it is um, but yeah, I, series nine was just fantastic. You, you, you came over and we had our little semi premiere party and just that first episode with yeah, running around with Missy was just so much fun in that. I gotta say almost every, cause you know, with just about every episode being a two parter, almost every single cliffhanger, even though I knew it was going to be resolved in the next episode had me like punching at the walls, like I need part two right now. Watching TV uh, live is yeah. so hard. It, yeah, it really we're, we're idiots for doing it, it, but it's, but you do really get the full experience, and yeah. especially going to work. You, although you were sometimes uh, a day or two behind, sometimes I was a day or two it's behind not too. On a convenient day over here. I mean, wait, I, I don't, is it on Saturday in England? I don't know. It's not. It's yeah, not I think we time. get it same day now. Okay, as well, England. either way, it's not, yeah. it's not the best time yeah. slot for having but, a slot. You know, but, but yeah. Monday mornings during Doctor Who, as soon as I see Cherry in the morning, the first question each of us asks, did you watch? Right, because like, it's either, it's either like, wait, shut up? No, we can't. Okay, we can both yes. talk? No. Yeah. We are, <laughs> no, we can't talk. We are yeah. so respectful of each other in terms of like, not just being like, can you imagine, what, OMG, <laughs> OMG. No, that's doc- only Cherry's emails. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, but it's so, it, there was such a, a, a boiling point of that this year with just about every episode. It's like, did you see it yet? No, I didn't see it. I'm going to watch it as soon as I go home tonight. Okay, as soon yeah. as you do. Right. And the next day, did you watch it? Yeah. And, oh, I really so... wish we were recording facial expressions for these podcasts. Oh, yeah. I know, Dan is just hitting like, his just head. like narrating. And then he slapped his own face. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have, um, we'll have like the track that they have for movies for uh, visually impaired people. Exactly. Like, Dan got so excited that he slapped himself in the forehead. <laughs> Um, but yeah, but then, uh, I, I do want to talk about what was aside, obviously Husband's River Song was my favorite episode of the series, but my favorite moment of this past season series, whichever, um, we're talking about an English series. Let's call it series. It's international. Everybody knows. Um, was the bootstrap paradox, uh, cold open where, where, uh, where the 12th doctor is talking about, uh, going back in time and, uh, meeting, Oh my God, is it Mozart or Beethoven? I can't remember. It's Beethoven. It's Beethoven. Okay, yeah. Okay, and- so for for those of you who don't live with Dan, <laughs> he has this thing. He tries to explain time travel to people who are not, you know, him or me. And he inevitably just confuses them. 
I, there's a lot of drawing on post-its with timelines and circles. Yes. It's very, it's very Doc Brown. Yeah, it's, it's very, very Doc Brown. Um, he, as soon as he saw that, he's like, I just need to record that and put it on my phone and play that for people instead of trying to explain time travel. It was so, obviously Peter Capaldi is an unbelievable actor, but that monologue was so well written that the combination of the two of them opened up a wormhole to my brain and everyone <laughs> saw what I'm constantly thinking about all the time because I I really, ever since I saw the first Back to the Future when I was about 10, I have been utterly obsessed with time travel. And the problem is I think I have an understanding of it. And I try to talk to people about it and it's different. I can talk to Lauren about it. Uh, holding hands. Oh. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, descriptive we text are people. Sickening. <laughs> um, but it's hard to talk about the notion of bootstrap paradox or grandfather paradox or any of this really. Or technically, if you go back in time and change something, you're in a parallel universe because you can't affect your own past because because reasons. Or the two different types of time travel, which is you know sometimes you're in an alternate universe, but sometimes it all just resolves itself, and that was always the way it was going to happen. Yeah, it's basically uh, it's either it's either Back to the Future or Terminator. Those are the two you can basically explain Whoa, it to. Well, let's not use Terminator as an as an example. No, 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 the original Terminator. Oh, the original. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's it's John Connor in the future sends Kyle Reese back gotcha. in time to be his father. The question is, when was the first time that he sent right. back? No, right, right, he right. always did. It's a closed loop circle. You can also use Futurama. Yes. How Fry is his own grandfather. Yeah. Um, but it was just like finally seeing something that articulated what was in my brain. Oh, it's just, I'm, I'm going to do the kissing my fingers. The mwah. It's just perfect. Yeah. It was just so good. It was one and, of the best openings. And, and it, it was like a cherry episode. on top. Not 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 this cherry, but hey. it, was, it was a cherry on top of what was such a an amazing series but i want to know what were we've already talked about the christmas special but like what were standout moments for you because i feel like there were so many standout moments during electric guitar <laughs> oh yeah oh my god done uh, i mean if we can't talk about the christmas special like no, we can I well mean, i know but, but okay but aside have. from that whole thing yeah yeah i mean i would also have to say seeing gallifrey <gasps> yeah was just just such a treat i mean I know it's you see it all the time in the original series, um, but since it was the first time we got to approach it, aside from uh, with uh, you know just one room, right, 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 right. <laughs> one room or one well produced exterior shot, right, yeah, right, we actually right. spent time on on the planet. Yeah, I mean that was that was really special, and also just having Michelle Gomez back as Missy. I mean, I really want to just see her. A whole series of just her. She's the best. She She's so awesome. Her interaction with Peter Capaldi, again, to me, is just the epitome of what the relationship of the Doctor and the Master should be. It's two equals, these friends from a lifetime of, you know, struggle, but at the end of it, they're still friends. It is just, it was beautiful. It's really good. My favorite part was actually Maisie Williams. Oh, yeah. yeah amazing. There was the anticipation. Oh, my God. Who is she going to be? I, for the longest time, thought she was going to be Jenny. The doctor's daughter. Yeah. 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 I think a lot but, of people hoped oh, that. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> I. Oh, interesting. <laughs> she's there. Busy well, being married to David Tennant. <laughs> I love history so much that if I could, I would just open up a rift in time, step back like a thousand years, and then just live it through the long way if I could never age. And so Maisie Williams' character was doing that. And it's something that I would love to do in life. And so it was such a cool concept of, you know, being able to live through all of that. And she wasn't particularly happy about it, but it's something that I would love to do. And in my wildest fantasies, I like to imagine that someday I could. (laughs) Plus, you get to be on Game of Thrones also. (laughs) Wait, can I also go back and say that one of my favorite moments was the episode where the Doctor saves davros oh yeah. that was a the, where he sees him as a little kid mm-hmm. and we go through the whole spectrum mm-hmm. yeah people were down on that one for being not as like lively as the previous one no, but that is that like, one was cerebral yeah that one is you sir are my greatest foe let's let's talk and that actually now that i'm you know saying that out loud 
Also, with the Zygon two-parter, the yes. which oh was like okay, back to people. That's actually the episode. <laughs> yes. Okay, because that's you know what? The that's one. the that is the speech that will solve the Middle East right there. Well, no, nothing will do that. But uh, but yeah, no, that was sorry, honey. Yeah. <laughs> um, I can dream. Yeah, uh, yeah, but it was the scenes with Davros were amazing because it's like understanding of your enemy. I mean, yes, he double-crossed him in the end, but you know, it's it's. He's a bad guy on a children's show. Of course, he's going to do that. <laughs> but, you know, to, for the doctor to show compassion and, you know, it, it kind of got over some of the hurdles that I felt Series 8 had. It was mm-hmm. like I really liked the different take on the doctor in starting with Series 8. But he was hard to love. I mean, was, yeah. I mean it was by design, of course. Um, but and, and there were still lots of elements of that throughout Series 9, too. Um but it was just like an amazing moment. It's like this this old man who's embraced his own death. And I'm saying that out loud. And it actually stands for both of the men in that in that room at that point. Because the doctor mm-hmm. has just come off of his guitar playing victory tour. Mm-hmm. And uh, also Davros is, you know, he, he he's at the end of his life. And it's just like an amazing moment. And then I'm going to, you know, I'm going to back into the uh, the Zygon episode the the speech over the over the uh, Osgood boxes is just it it was spine tingling like I, I I will admit in part one of that two parter it was a little hard to follow the conflict at first because it was like you're trying to figure out who's who's a Zygon who's not who are these other factions of it you're playing catch up from stuff from the fiftieth but the you know it, again a lot of the times this season the second episode slowed things down a little bit. You had the manic, you know, the doctor is running in part one, which is, you know, that's what new who is. The doctor is running, you know, it's amazing that David Tennant was able to wear those Converse as well as he could. Cause those things have no arch support. I know. I think yeah. that every time I wear my Converse, it's, yeah. how did he do this? Uh, but the second episode kind of slowed down and allowed you to really digest the first part and just finish with such a, you know, with such a bang, it was just like, dear God. It's like, I know Moffat's off writing Sherlock. How is he doing this? Like, yeah, it's well, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, just talking about this is making me want to go back and rewatch the whole season. <laughs> well, that's, well, that's, that's my one episode. Yeah. That, yeah. I mean, but that's hopefully, you know, I, I mean, I, to inspire I totally agree, though. I was, I mean, I was so excited when they announced Peter Capaldi as the doctor. Um, and then last season, you kind of didn't know what to expect from him. I mean, I think that's the one thing about the Doctor is, I don't want to say he's predictable, but you kind of always... There's a formula. There's a formula. Yeah. And he broke that formula. And so I, I think it, it was good because it helped the audience kind of recover from Matt Smith, who I think, let's be honest, a lot of... There was a lot of fangirling over Matt Smith. So, um, a yeah, just, a little a bit. bit. But this season for me, I mean, I it made Peter Capaldi up there with my favorite. Literally doctor. a rock star. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he kind of is what you always envision as the doctor in right. human form. Now, have you watched any of the classic Who? You've watched some of it. I right? have watched some of the classic Who. Yeah, it, and I've heard it. I've heard the comparison made that his doctor is closer to classic portrayals of the doctor do you think that's a fair statement or is it a natural evolution of like new you know that's funny i i guess i haven't heard that but i also in my as i watch doctor who i don't know that i really ever compare the doctors Mm -hmm. i feel like they all have their own feel they all have their own strengths um I think the only reason people think he is closer to the classic is he's closer to the age of the classic doctors. <laughs> um, but to me, it's his the doctor is a journey, and so I compare I, doctors all the time. Really? I love that meme of you know the ninth doctor is the tiger, the tenth doctor is Tigger, and the eleventh <laughs> doctor is the cat who jumps off the couch and catches his claw and then says, "I meant to do that." <laughs> well, yeah, I mean you can compare them to to other things, but I to me it's all one man. So yeah. it's just the journey of it. I yeah, I don't know that I would necessarily compare him to the classic doctors, but that's just me. 
Yeah. Maybe to the new. D- am I the only one? Haven't seen old. Yeah, haven't seen old classics, oh. so I can't. You know. Well, I mean, <laughs> I watched with, the one with the Aztecs. Okay, that was I think the only one I've seen. When when so, when TV finishes for the summer, which doesn't really happen anymore because of everything, <laughs> um, I think our thought was that we're going to possibly yeah. try a new Star Trek, but we're also might dip our toe into the water for uh, well, classic. Our, our other Star Trek might be the original Star Trek, so then we'd really be you know kitching ourselves out quite quite a bit well i'm really sad that all ben, the camp ben Patton is in here i'm calling you out ben Patton. <laughs> yeah oh, agreed um, agreed because he i'm sure would have a lot to say about the classic series he's but a classic series like expert yeah, yeah he really i mean he's a doctor who expert we um i'm just gonna throw in a little uh, pat on the back we bridget <laughs> cockily stroked her hair uh, i know uh, what story we, you're going for i was in on that we played uh geeks who drink doctor oh, no, who and uh, our team won. And by our team, I mean Ben Patton won yeah. Doctor Who. Oh, yeah. That, that, that was the one yeah, I was yeah. thinking of. Um, and it was awesome. And it was awesome. yes, Ben Patton is totally the reason we won. But yeah, he was the one who has slowly started to introduce me to Classic Who. And I would encourage everyone. To, I mean, this it really is still brilliant. Again, you have mm-hmm. to it's kind of escape from the production value. Yeah. And the camp. Well, I mean, so much camp. I when when Lauren had me watch Rose, I you know immediately I saw the, okay the visual effects aren't great. I just cast that out. Yeah. Like I just don't make that a factor. Just watch the show as it is. Deal with it because like you know like when Mickey gets his hand stuck in the plastic, mm-hmm. it's like that's not a good effect. And like at the end, <laughs> right. it's just like a what is that but pile see, of mush? That but, is that is why I am of the camp that people should start with Christopher Eccleston. Right, and because it only I, gets better. And well, I will say though that it was. Oh, it, uh, the second episode, the end of the world, I really enjoyed that episode right. because it reminded me of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and we got to see some real alien aliens. Like, and plus, there's also really good humor in that one, like yeah. the iPod jukebox. You know, that's that's a funny <laughs> joke. Um, but I still was like, okay, I'm enjoying this episode a lot more than the first one. And I've gone back and watched Rose, and it's better once you know who the doctor is and understand mm-hmm. who Rose is and all that stuff. Um, but it kind of took me until um, The Empty Child and uh, oh, The Doctor Dances yeah. to yeah. be like, all right, I think I'm a fan of this show. And like, I stuck yeah. with it. And like, I still enjoyed the episodes up to it, like the Dickens episode. And like, yeah. you know, it's like there, there's some hurdles there to be done in some of those early episodes. But that was the one that really like, okay, it's got to, it's, Claws in me, and everybody and, and, lives. Yeah, everybody and 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 then of course by the time Eccleston says goodbye, you're like, and and tenant appears. You're like, Who is this pretender? I know. <laughs> it's not the doctor. And it took me a few episodes, as it does, for to everyone. get to. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's funny the cycle. because Doctor Who fans are like the least able to evolve, <laughs> and this show is the worst for those people. Yeah, it forces you to cycle. in like an immediate like you're hit by a truck. It's like new guy. Oh, I still remember the first time I saw the eleventh hour, and I was like, "Who is this person? This episode sucks. Well, I don't like this." The, and now well, I go back, and it's one of my favorites. The, I, I, okay. this is such a mean thing to say. I couldn't get over Matt Smith's face because it looked like yeah, it's, yeah. no, it he looked like a man wearing a David Tennant mask, Aww. like because like they have very similar features and like I don't know it was, it was something no, it was about almost like his, like his mask chin, had melted. Chin. Yeah, <laughs> it was like his mask had melted and gotten yeah. deformed. And like, well, and sat I, on the radiator I, I, for too and, long. And I think I warmed up to Matt Smith faster because by that point I'd already had you know, right. You you had gone through the I, cycle through, of yeah. loving and hating doctors yeah. and then loving them and then hating oh. the new. I I think it took a lot of people a long time to get over Matt Smith's face. (laughs) Sorry, Matt Smith. Really? I feel like he immediately. (laughs) His girlfriend is hot. He is good. I feel like he was instantly popular, and I feel like a lot of people are of the camp that you should start with the eleventh hour. Yeah, that's like 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 probably next most. I've tried it twice. I tried it with my sister, and she fell asleep, but she was very tired, so I don't. Whatever. And then uh, our friend Chris, who will be in later episodes, we showed that to him because we had the debate, should we show him Blink? Yeah. And I was kind of... Wait, I kind Blink of, or the 11th hour? And then you went 11th hour? Then yes. I also kind of didn't watch want to watch Blink again because I just showed it to like three other people and I just watched it so many times. I was like, I just want to watch a different episode. I haven't watched the 11th hour in a while. And he ended up really enjoying it. He hasn't like watched the whole series or anything yet. But, but he's been very busy. He's been very busy. Uh, we'll talk with him in the future. Yes. A but see, future that is why I feel like... Rose is such a good pilot. I mean, if you can get them past the cheesy effects. Yeah. But 
Rose, the character, was written for introducing new people to Doctor Who. I mean, basically, for the first two seasons of the show, we are Rose. We see the Doctor through her eyes. And so to skip over that, I feel like, is kind of cheating the fans out of however learning the doctor as this this person as this character to some extent because the production value is so low if somebody is completely new to doctor who all they're gonna see in rose is what is this like why are there moving mannequins this is weird it's also a lot to digest immediately because again i'd seen the 1996 movie but i didn't remember anything about the only thing i remembered was that he two hearts and that there was an atomic clock have you gone back and rewatched no i haven't and i'm (laughs) I'm a little scared to no Um, i love it paul mcgann but you're the best i was also playing catch up because you're watching the first episode you're learning who the doctor is you're learning who rose is i didn't realize that jackie was rose's mother i thought she was just her roommate it took me like an episode or two to realize oh wait no it's her mom wait okay um I don't know. Maybe I'm just stupid. <laughs> that may be your fault. Not yeah, that. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, no, it's just you. No, but 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 then he's also dropping hints about the time war. I'm like, wait, is this something that I'm supposed to have known about? And you know, it, uh, sometimes it's a lot. It's a lot. You know, you meet the man. He's running. He runs a lot. Um, and you're playing catch up. But I thought maybe I was missing, like, not having watched Classic Who. I didn't know if the time war was something from that. And that's sort of why. I, I, I'm in the camp of Blink is a great one because it's right. a, you to really agree to, agree to disagree. of course, but you you sort of explain what the notion of the Doctor is without seeing him. You're seeing him through the eyes of people who have never experienced anything of this supernatural nature before, mm-hmm. and that's why I really like following Sally. I no, and I totally understand yeah. that. I just feel like Blink isn't a great representation of what the show actually is. It's not as a but whole. It's a good hook. Yeah. Um, I actually prefer, I have to gauge the person that I'm introducing. Um, one of my best friends, his name is Matt. I introduced him with the Christmas invasion and he was hooked. And now he has seen every oh, episode of Doctor episode. Who. Which is again, strange though, because the doctor's not really in it that much. It's, right. it's, it's a weird parallel to blink in that way. However, he's in it more than he is in blink. And when he makes that entrance, it's an entrance. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, you really something. get that. Okay. This is the hero of the show. Yes. and. He's going to come in and save the day. And he just day. swoops in and he makes everything okay again. He's like, oh, this thing you're all worried about? Psh, that's nothing. And he's not a ginger. He's no. <laughs> okay. That actually will tie into, I wanted to just Wait, do this quick because we're running into, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Um, and then our, my friend Siri, she loves Jane Austen. So I introduced her with Girl in the Fireplace and she loved that episode. And then, you know, there are the people who need Blink and then there are the people who are best introduced with the 11th hour. But really you should tailor it to the person. You were saying. Uh, oh, by the way, all, all very similar points can be made in that Verity podcast I was referencing earlier. I, I really do recommend it if you are uh, a fan and want to get your friends into it. They had some really good insight. They actually said almost exactly that. One, mm. one of one of their uh, one of their cast members. She has uh, like a supernatural ability to find exactly what the right episode is for the person. It was it was it was a really good listen. Dan and I. We both introduce a lot of people. I have the higher rate of success, but Dan trumps me because he got Dan Cherry. Dan is making a funny face. <laughs> but yeah, but Dan brought Cherry, and what the your... level of Cherry's fandomness is like, just trumps oh, everybody mean... I've ever found. Well, oh, okay, that's a good. I want to know that because you okay because like say, yeah, does it count as like a success if like you get somebody into it and they're like, oh yeah, no, it's pretty good, and then they watch like maybe like you know like whatever you know series. No, you know, I two series I gauge and then are it... out, or do you need it to be like no, I need to translate translate them into what I you know what I mean like what's the level like what for me a success is somebody who then is gonna go and watch the episodes on their own oh yeah I'm just I try not to swear but okay but I think think that's part of the problem though which is you know you have to accept that not everybody is going to love the show but it's true but Mm -hmm. for Doctor Who fans it is a little incomprehensible the people who don't you know, how do you not like, love this thing? Right, I love people get so passionate, <laughs> and it's and it's so enveloping, and so yeah. There's this little disconnect. I, I think of I've made. How do these people not want to watch every single episode and read all the things? And... I think I have tried to introduce maybe twenty to thirty people to Doctor mm-hmm. Who, and maybe fifteen to twenty of those have been successful. Meaning, after my intervention, they have then gone and watched Doctor Who on their own. To me, that's a success. And now they watch it. And, and now like they watch eight. it. And yeah. 
Cherry, you are my greatest success. <laughs> so, like oh, I said, I have oh my more. God, let's congratulate each other. I have it's... more converts, but he has you. What? I don't. Well, that's what well, I was like. What does that mean? Well, okay, hold on. Wait. I will say to be fair. You converted me. I did convert. So that no, it's like a, so I, can, I, I, I kind of you are not her greatest success. <laughs> I, I I'm not. I no, I've okay. only been in the fandom. It's not even three years yet. I've been to two conventions and I'm hosting a podcast about. Hey, it. Matt's way, been yeah. watching. Yeah, yeah. It's like if you actually like look at the calendar of like 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 how fast all of it happened. It's yeah. just like you know what everyone's yeah. killing it. Yeah. Well, Matt Lawless, my hi Matt. Matt's one of my oldest friends. Um, I got him into Doctor Who after I got Dan into Doctor Who and he now, you know, will send me memes and gifts and things like that just because he loves Doctor Who now. He's also, he is also a doctor like for real. Yeah. And he drove cross country and I said, dude, bring a sonic screwdriver with you. You're going to be in a new town every night. You get to play the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Matt's awesome. We love Matt. Shout out Matt. Hi, Matt. Um, um, so we're, we're actually, yeah, we're go. getting close towards the end of the podcast and we are going to end each of these, uh, just like I said in the last one with the big question. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, so this episode's the big question is you are a time Lord about to die. What is your next regeneration? And, uh, these are really hard questions. Well, I mean, that's, that's why they're big. That's why they're the big, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, does anyone want to go first? Is it bad if I didn't think it was a hard question? Oh, no, well, go no, for it. No, no, go okay. first. Yeah. No, well, that just, you know what? Here's why. I literally, okay, you, cause, wait, am I allowed to say that, like, you emailed us the question? Yeah, you emailed yeah. the question. Yeah, okay. I to be, okay, yeah, full disclosure, I, oh. these questions are so big, I had to give them to the panelists no, ahead of time. No, but literally, you emailed me in advance, and the first thing I thought, which is what I would have said, I was like, oh, I would turn into David Tennant, because if he was obsessed enough with himself to be himself again, <laughs> then I can do it, because I'm definitely more obsessed with him than he is with it. Anyway. Well, so, amen. Well, don't even just say I can't do it. Because I'm doing it. No, I'm, do- I'm going like, to say I'm, I'm like my notes right him. here what, what uh, was that for me, uh, if you go to our, our Twitter or Instagram or uh, web page, you'll see a picture of me. Uh, I, I do not have hair. Uh, so I would want to regenerate <laughs> someone with hair. And then I also wanted to regenerate someone taller. Oh. Well, I basically said because I want hair and Wait, I want to be just... taller that I would regenerate into David Tennant. I actually wrote that down right here. <laughs> yes, so, yes, same. Yeah. Yes. Also, I think Lauren would really appreciate that so as much. we know so much. from what we've learned from oh, this yes. podcast. Just so, being a good husband there. So I, I, I guess I would regenerate. If not David Tennant, I think I would go the complete opposite end of the spectrum and I would want to regenerate into like a really alien kind of doctor because we've never seen that like we didn't get to it because we didn't have time this time and bridget and i have had this conversation plenty of times it's like the notion of a female doctor or even like an asexual like a gender neutral doctor like i think that opens up good storytelling opportunities we're not going to go into it now there have been enough discussions about it but like a really alien doctor mm-hmm. i that's something that they would never do Wait, you first mean of all alien is in like not a humanoid form yeah correct. like a oh yeah yeah what yeah but at the same that? time time lords do all look like humans yeah so is, is it a requirement do, do, they, do we know that we don't know that we don't know all that. the ones we have seen uh, and when they're kids they're looking like people yeah. i don't know aren't they just kind of bored aren't do they like to bring up the loom at this point no we probably shouldn't oh what's that oh gosh edit that before you post this no okay oh is there, is there it's from know. the classic series that's oh fine. god see okay that's I fine i don't know anyway. anything um who would you regenerate into well, i don't want you to change who are you going to regenerate into am i regenerating from who i am now yes you are a time lord I think I'd want to go my opposite. So I'd be male. I'd be older. Um, yeah, I, I'd want to be probably like the exact opposite of myself just to give it a shot and see how mm. that goes. And if you don't like it, you just, you know. <laughs> knife to the yeah, heart. knife to the heart. <laughs> knife to one of the hearts. And yeah. all right, no, we'll try to, again. Two Can knives. do that? Like if they just decide, they're like, oh, oh, this one didn't turn out. You like, can, let's you, just, I mean, I don't know sh- if you do, want to waste Can they one. shake themselves like an Etch-A-Sketch? No, 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 I'm saying it's like this one didn't turn out. Oh, man. Oh, oh, I wish I were a ginger. I'm just going to commit suicide. Well, apparently and, there are potions that can cause regeneration. Yeah. So. Well, it all guided it. It didn't cause it. Right. It, well, it steered right. him in the direction right. that he needed to go. That's true. Yeah. Um, well, I, I think I would still be regenerating into a time lady, old fashioned that way. Um, and I think I would, I would regenerate into maybe actually a younger form, but because now I have all of this knowledge and experience of my life. And so I could 
kind of relive my younger years but with uh, we're talking like time knowledge. babies not time babies <laughs> maybe oh, but like oh my like a time baby. Yeah. Maybe, i might uh, totally watch that like, so maybe like my early 20s early 20s and then you know really i i feel like that's i would always want to go back and be younger and but have the knowledge that i have now so yeah. i guess regeneration would be like the ultimate like night cream it's like i don't need to worry about any of that stuff i'll just die and just become younger oops went too old nice to the heart you only get 12 of them dan well i'm just unless you you ask nicely i would be so curious to see how the world treats me as a man I'm used to how it treats uh, me as a woman. Oh well, better. Let's not. That's well, a yeah, whole better. other podcast. Yeah. So, uh, we're, 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 we're we're just gonna <laughs> we're just gonna stick to Doctor nerdy <laughs> surface level stuff. I'm no, just no. Saying, I'm like that's why I'd want to go. You know, full no, opposite just to see a different perspective than the one I have. Yeah. Hey, I'm. It, it's your big answer. Okay, I can't take that away from you. Okay. <laughs> you can uh, never take anything away from me. And soon I shall have the contract that says it. Whoa. Is... We're going to edit that part. <laughs> um, with that, on that weird end note. Uh, uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, thank my panelists again, Cherry and Bridget. And as always, Lauren. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at my nerdy year. Uh, and uh, yeah, come back next time when we will be talking about anime. Woohoo. Thank you for pretending to be excited about that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm excited about no, that. Fine. I didn't pretend. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, thanks, everyone. Thank you for listening to My Nerdy Year. Our theme song, Crunk Night, is written and performed by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons. For full credits and for more information about the show, please visit MyNerdyYear.wordpress.com.